Hi guys, and welcome back to this very quick episode of the Forge and the Foodie Natter Nutrition Podcast. So today you have just got me, Charlie, and I'm going to be touching on something really, really quick, which gets asked all the time to both um, myself and Helen, and that is how do I tone up? So how do I achieve kind of muscle tone? So to dive straight into it, I'm going to try and keep this episode under 10 minutes. Muscle tone and kind of getting toned and toning up um, essentially comes from two things. So it's bringing down our body fat, um, which might reduce the weight on the scale as well. And then also either maintaining the muscle we've already got or building new muscle underneath that. So first of all, it's really important to note that when we're kind of trying to tone, the main thing we're trying to do is reduce the amount of body fat we've got on our on our bodies. Um, for most of us, that is the body fat that we're kind of holding around our stomach and our abdomen area, maybe on our hips as well on the sides. I know that's where I hold most of my body fat. Um, for some people, it's on our legs, on our bums, on our arms. Um, and it's something that a lot of people want to kind of achieve with their health and fitness goals, if you like. And again, there's nothing, in my opinion, wrong with having a uh, physical kind of appearance-based, um, almost kind of physique-based um, goal with your health and your fitness, your nutrition, exercise, all the rest of it. Um, as long as, again, in my opinion, it comes alongside a bit of a bit of a bigger goal of wanting to kind of be as healthy, fit, happy, strong um, as possible as well. I feel just from anecdotally from my own experience and from the experiences of clients that I've had in the past, when we focus just completely and, and, and have one metric of progress as being what we look like in the mirror, number one, we're usually a bit underwhelmed when we get there. I know when I did my photo shoot way back in November, um, I when you know I was entirely underwhelmed not only was the process to get there very difficult and not very good for my mental health when I got there I was significantly underwhelmed to be honest um it doesn't bring happiness to look a certain way um same as having a certain level of money doesn't doesn't bring happiness so that's one thing to know you know a goal like this in my opinion is best served kind of alongside a wider health goal of of some sort um anyway so getting back into it the number one thing that we need to be doing is is reducing our body fat. And obviously, to do that, we need to be eating less food, less energy than we are using, basically. So what might this look like? This might look like using a calorie calculator, um, working out your calories, and then tracking on something like MyFitnessPal or NutriCheck um, to hit your kind of calorie range, your calorie goal, six days out of seven, um, and you know, doing that with the foods you enjoy, the foods that you already eat, and just basically managing your portions um, through kind of tracking, uh, weighing your food and calorie counting. That's probably the most accurate way because you know it is a case of like I said, calories in versus calories out in terms of weight loss. Again, we're not talking about overall health here, and it's the most accurate way to do it. So if you're someone who doesn't have much weight to lose or much body fat to lose, but you are wanting to, like I said, tone up, then calorie counting might be a um, an option for you. Also, I would, you know, at some point in most of my clients' journeys, whether it's for a day, a week, a month, whatever, I do encourage calorie counting at some stage. Of course, some people don't don't want to do it, and that's absolutely fine, and we usually use kind of visual portion control uh, measures for those people. Um, but even, even for clients who don't want to, um, track you know consistently I always suggest it just as a bit of a learning process because 
most of us, when we start, I know talking from experience, when I first started, I didn't really have much of a clue of what's in food. Um, you know, I was under the, the misconception from family and friends, you know, bread, bread was bad. And after I exercise, I shouldn't eat because then I'll stop fat burning and all these other myths and, uh, and things. And then when I started tracking calories, I started learning what's in food and that really helped empower me and kind of raise awareness around nutrition. So although it may seem like quite a, um, a specific and quite a, you know, heavy thing to do for in terms of time that you, you might need to invest in the beginning, it's also a really, really positive thing because it, like I said, brings awareness around nutrition and it empowers you. And it doesn't have to be done for uh, a month or it could be, or a year. It could be, it could be done just for a week every now and then just to kind of, you know, like I said, give you that, give you that understanding. Cause when we have the knowledge around something and then we put it into practice, we, we've, we've then got kind of power to change things. So that's one option. We could also just look at um, portion control. So something that a lot of people like to do is using the hand model. So there's a few different ones, but the ones I usually discuss with my clients is a palm size source of uh, lean protein at each meal. So maybe a chicken breast, maybe um, tofu, maybe um, tuna, whatever it is. Then a two cupped hand um, portion of veggies. Now that's usually more than a lot of people suggest, but in my eyes, if you put both your hands together now in front of you, and you look down, that's not a huge amount of salad, um, and it's not a huge amount of uh, veggies either, in terms of, you know, spinach, leafy greens, courgette, carrots, sweet corn, all the rest of it, tomatoes, mushrooms, um, so it's, it's not that much. Then a kind of cupped hand size of carbs is a good portion for a lot of people. Again, this is not specific, this probably won't give you as um as speedy or as accurate results, if you like, as as calorie tracking would, but it's a, it's a good starting point. Um, and then a kind of thumb of fat, so whether that is you know a a thumb kind of sized drizzle of olive oil, that's quite a lot actually. Maybe a tip of your thumb, um, or you know a thumb or two of avocado of your salad, um, you know thumb thumb of nuts, sprinkling of seeds, things like that, just to get your healthy fats in. Of course, some of our protein sources like salmon um, have. All, all of the healthy fats that we would like in our diet so we don't have to worry too much about adding fats to their meals and obviously some protein sources like eggs obviously come with a lot of really healthy fats as well so we don't need to worry too much about those so often our fats do just come as a byproduct of other parts of our meal but those are just two ways that you can kind of start looking at your calorie intake your portion control and then what we need to do with that is put ourselves like i said um, eating less than we are burning, basically. So this is what we call a calorie deficit. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, you've heard me yabber on about a calorie deficit quite a lot. And it's basically that. It's basically, let's say your maintenance calories were 2,000. If you ate 1,800, 1,600, 1,400, doesn't have to be an even number, um, you would be in a calorie deficit. So it's pretty much eating below your calorie ceiling, if you like. And what happens is... The energy you're not giving your body um, that it needs from your food, it will then look to other forms of energy, so mostly your stored energy. Um, this can sometimes come from breaking down muscle, which is why we like to have a really good amount of protein in our diet to stop that from happening and hopefully doing some resistance training, which we're going to get onto in a second. Um, but mostly this will come from our fat stores. 
So that's kind of reducing our body fat. Another way to kind of help this process plus give you some mental health benefits, some physical benefits as well, is to increase our steps. So getting our steps up, you know, around eight, nine, ten thousand, um, if we're currently in kind of like, you know, three, four, five thousand will have a huge impact um, on our health and our weight loss as well, if that's part of your journey. Then we want to kind of, you know, think about how can we either preserve muscle that we have, because, you know, if we're looking to tone, we probably don't have a huge amount of weight to lose, like I said. Um, and we're and we're looking just to kind of get rid of the last little bit of body weight, um, body fat, sorry, and then you know reveal the muscle that's either already there or we're going to try and build. So how do we do that part of the puzzle? It is possible, first of all, let me just say this, to build muscle whilst losing body fat. And a lot of people will dispute this, but if you are, especially if you're new to the gym or you've had a big break from the gym um, or just resistance training in general, so that could be body weight training at home um, or, you know, dumbbells or kettlebells or whatever it is, any kind of resistance training, if you're new to that and you are stimulating your muscles in a way that they're not used to and your protein's nice and high and your calories are in a, you're in a small calorie deficit. So let's say, your maintenance calories are 2,000 and you are eating 18, 1,900, so a small deficit, it's very, very possible to lose body fat and build muscle at the same time. So how could we possibly do that? Again, like I said, we want to get some form of resistance training in. So rather than doing hours and hours of cardio, which could be a good idea for weight loss, as long as you don't get too hungry afterwards, um, which most people do, you, we can think about kind of resistance training. So it might be, like I said, a bit of a home workout. So it could be some body weight training, things like air squats, press ups, holding onto the edge of a very sturdy table, um, and doing inverted rows. So bringing your chest up towards the table to, to work your back. Um, just, you know, those are a few examples of home resistance style um, exercises. Or we can go to the gym, we can maybe get a personal trainer, we can start looking at dumbbell work um, using barbells, maybe. Um, machines are also a really good option and stimulating our muscle over time so we want to be each week or each you know every other week is always a good good um, kind of very rough uh, metric here is to start either increasing the weight that we're lifting just by a little bit or the amount of reps we're doing so reps are repetitions so if I think about let's say uh, an air squat um, because it's an exercise a lot of us are familiar with if I did 10 air squats and then I took a rest period, that would be 10 repetitions of an air squat. If I repeated that three times, that would be three sets. So it's kind of three sets, so three chunks, three lots of, for all the teachers out there, um, of 10 air squats. And that would be my squats done and I'd move on to another exercise. So we can either increase the amount of repetitions we're doing, the amount of sets we're doing, we can slow the exercise down, we can maybe start holding something heavy, um, maybe a dumbbell or a barbell on our back, and over time we'll make the exercise more and more difficult so our muscles will notice that the exercise is more challenging and they'll basically start to get stronger and, and grow. So that's a very layman's kind of term explanation of that, there is a bit more to it but we're not going to kind of go into that today. And by doing this, we will hold on to the muscle. We're basically sending a, a big message to our muscles that we need. We need them. We need the muscle we've got. We need the strength we've got whilst our body fat is coming down. And that is going to hopefully build a little bit of new muscle as long as our protein is nice and high. Um, one pound per, um, sorry, one pound, that'd be a huge amount. One gram per pound of body weight when we're trying to build muscle um, is towards the higher end, but is, is a very good uh, measure. So for me, about 160 
uh, pounds, I would be looking at um, eating around 160 grams of protein. Again, quite a lot, but it's a very good, again, layman's terms, kind of rough figure to, to get you started. And basically, that's it, guys. It's a case of staying patient with, with that process, enjoying the foods you're eating, making sure that you're not, if it's something you don't want to do, eating, you know, chicken, broccoli and brown rice out of a Tupperware five times a day, you know, enjoying your food, eating how you are eating now, but making very small adjustments and very small tweaks, upping our steps, um, adjusting, like I said, those calories and those meals, whether you do count calories or otherwise, and getting some kind of resistance training in. If you want to kind of add in a bit of cardio to speed things up, then that's absolutely fine. But that's pretty much toning up in a nutshell. A few kind of myths to dispel at the end of this episode very quickly then, I'm aware that I've gone over my 10 minute mark here, is that it's impossible to spot reduced body fat, so that's number one. So if I said, okay, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to do crunches till the cows come home, expecting to burn the belly fat, as people say, um, it's not it's not going to happen unless I'm in a calorie deficit. So unless I'm eating less than I'm burning, um, then it's not going to happen. We can't reduce body fat in there. If, if, you, if we could, you'd see guys walking around with you know very defined abs uh, and a six-pack, but probably a bit of fat on their arms because that would make their arms look bigger. And <laughs> you just don't see that. And again, you may see um, girls walking around with you know maybe a little bit more fat on their bums because that makes the, the bums bigger, but then no no fat on their on their hips, for example. And again, you, you just don't see that. Your body has a kind of genetic um, code of, of pretty much you know instructions of where it wants to take off body fat from first. And the f- first place that you put it on is the last place it will come off. So for me, it's my hips. Uh, I pretty much hold body fat on my hips all the time. Um, even when I was extremely lean, which I touched on at the beginning of this episode, I still had a little bit of body fat on my hips. Um, it's the first place it goes on. It's the last place it comes off. Um, so for you, if you've got what we call like a stubborn area of body fat to lose, then it's going to probably be the last place it comes off as it was the first place it went on. I hope that all kind of makes sense, guys. It's a very quick run through of toning up just because it's a question that we do get all the time. I know um, this podcast and the things that I put out on social media in general have very much moved away from just weight loss, weight loss, weight loss, because I feel it's not the only thing that we should be considering. In fact, it's, I think for most of us, it, it could be beneficial to have it as a kind of byproduct of a healthier lifestyle, um, both physically and mentally. But I do have a lot of people asking me about how do I tone up, so I thought I'd touch on it quickly in this episode. Anyway, hope that was helpful. Hope everyone is having a great Sunday. It is towards the end of September at the time of recording this, so hopefully all the teachers out there have had a good first few weeks back at work and are probably looking forward to uh, getting the next few weeks over with and getting to, get to October half term. Anyway, guys, have a lovely Sunday and I'll catch you soon. Take care. Bye.